Welcome to the manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal Mayhem. I'm James. And I'm Jody. And this episode, we are going to talk about the animated film Heavy Metal. Heavy Metal! Yeah! Woo! <laughs> why, why, why now? Why at this time? Why at this time? Well, um, uh, because I'm not sure exactly when this is going to come out. But <laughs> we never know. <laughs> yeah, we we never know. Um, um, and and not saying that it has to come out close to this actual date, but um, August seventh, nineteen eighty one, is when this movie premiered. Ooh, forty years ago. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. So uh, so just wanted to kind of do hopefully a short episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We, we don't know how it goes. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't really have any notes. Um, but uh, you know, we'll we'll try and keep it short. <laughs> my my favorite my favorite thing since we're talking uh, about years. Yeah. So I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but the the it was released 1981. Yeah, and supposedly takes place in 2031. Of uh, one of the stories does yes. One of the sort of the uh, yeah one of the sort of a, the uh, I won't give that away, but yeah, one of the stories is a dystopian piece that takes place in ten years. Meaning that they should have said in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait a minute, is that why you texted me the other day asking me about dystopia? <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> hey, let's do an episode on this. I'm looking up on it and I'm like, huh, yeah. <laughs> does, does dystopia mean it has to be in the future? <laughs> Thanks, COVID. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. What were we? Uh, see, we, um, James and I both recently just got over COVID too. <clears throat> I say as I cough again. Uh, no, I've been uh, I've I've been out of quarantine for almost a week. So. Oh yeah, I've I've been out. Not, yeah, well, same as you, I'm guessing. Yeah, we got sick at the same time. We're guessing we caught it at the same time at well, the same a, place. Since another buddy also caught it at the same time and he was only with us at one of two places <laughs> yeah but we won't uh, we won't give those names because i don't want to i don't want to make them feel bad no no and and uh but what were we gonna we we had actually talked about recording while we were quarantined and uh we we, we wound up not doing it i i know i spent most of my time watching lucifer <laughs> <laughs> and and the boys so i'm ready to do that episode whenever you are. nice <laughs> yeah no um, no i actually uh, other than the first two days where i felt like hell i worked since i've been working from home anyway oh, so. well see that and yeah i got actually got to do a little of that too so yeah i still did once i felt decent i worked yeah. and then a few days after that i was out of quarantine so i did my high yeah except for not going off and doing my hiking beer days it was yeah kind of standard for me <laughs> um yeah what were what was it you were wanting to call it while we were talking about doing episodes while we were in quarantine oh crap i don't remember it was <laughs> something like covid terrors or something <laughs> <laughs> uh, something like that but yeah uh, yeah <laughs> Um, all right, so, uh, what are you, uh, what are you drinking since you said it was kind of, uh, tied into, to our, our subject for this episode? Well, do you want me to tell you now, or do you want to wait till we get to the soundtrack? Cause it ties into the soundtrack to this movie. 
yeah, we can we can do that. Because otherwise, I might be giving away. Okay. What, what my feelings are on the soundtrack before we're ready, but I'm good either way. <laughs> I mean, I, I can I can tell you now. Um, no, well, you know we what? can we can wait. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll yeah. wait. Do you want to give yours now? Well, hang on. Let let me take a sip of it first. That's kind of hoppy. That is um, some sort of a pale ale. I am not entirely sure what it is because I don't remember what um, we were told. <laughs> oh, uh, did Sam give you this one? Yes, he did. Is it a little hazy looking? Uh, it's in a can, but yes, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a New England style IPA, a hazy IPA. Ah, okay. Yes, it's definitely definitely an IPA. I can tell that. So I just I, I yeah I remember that now. I, <laughs> but there's no label on this, so I couldn't remember where he got it. Uh, I'm trying to look it up. I I I know where he got it, but I. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll well, they can all stay in in suspense for a little bit, and I'll find it in time for when we talk about mine. <laughs> all right. So no. um, yeah. So heavy metal, the the movie. Okay, so if you've if you've never seen it, it's um it's an anthology. Or, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of an anthology. Animated. Um, you said an, that. Animated. Right? Yeah, you said that. yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's it's got a framing story that ties all the other stories together. Now, uh, this obviously is based on Heavy Metal magazine, which is a a comic magazine and not you know superhero comics like dc or marvel <laughs> no, no no um so the the stories uh it, it and usually they're it, it'll have several stories so it's an anthology comic magazine um they are more adult in nature more graphic <laughs> more sexual uh violence more nudity. violent yeah so um i've I love the magazine. I, I collected it for a few years, um, but I just I kind of kind of stopped because um, it really got hard to store all my comic books and heavy metal magazines. <laughs> well, yeah, these are not small. These when we say comics, it's more of the size of a graphic novel. Each one, it's it's the size of a magazine, not a comic book. Yeah, it's it's a so, glossy magazine. Yeah, each one is big. Yeah. And uh, what they started publishing that in like 1976, and the the English version, or, or you know, the one that's published here in the U.S. and I'm guessing in the U.K. I'm not entirely sure, um, is based on a French magazine. And see, that's, I, I've mentioned this before um, because I remember giving the name and not being sure exactly how it's pronounced because it's French and. I, Metal Hulon. That's close. Yes, that's <laughs> that's that's what I was going to say. So, <laughs> um, and, and basically, my understanding is the English version. I don't know that they always reproduce the stories that were in the French one, but I th that I'm pretty sure that's how it started, and and that they published stories by a lot of the guys that were have been published in the French one. Um. And some of some of this stuff actually goes back to the original French version of the magazine. 
as, as we'll kind of talk about some of these stories. But it was, uh, like I said, made in 1981, um, produced. Uh, can, can, can we keep on on the, uh, the magazine? Was that, was that what you had on it? Uh, yeah, yeah. But if you got something, yeah, go ahead. Well, just, just a couple things. One is to relate it back to a previous episode uh-huh. in that, uh, well, Star Beast. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm, um, mm. Alien yes. uh, actually started, uh, started in this uh, because. Uh, Dan O'Bannon. Do what? So sorry. Uh, Dan O'Bannon, who wrote the script for Alien, the original script. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also the artist who uh, set up the the actual Xenomorph uh, was a big contributor to heavy metal. Oh, um, 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 I always screw up his name because I always think of Geiger counter, and I know that's not it. it. Yeah, Geiger. Yeah, Geiger. That's yeah. it. Geiger. Yeah, HR Geiger. So um, he's he's prominent in in the early ones. I, I maybe still now. I don't know, but he was. Um, I well, I mean, he's he's passed on. I don't know, but yeah, they have used his artwork, like for the covers yeah. and stuff. Yep, and and, and uh, the other thing I was going to mention is a personal anecdote mm-hmm. of when I was a kid, so grade school. I, yeah. I would have been super young, and my mother worked out a worked at a local grocery store and this grocery store had one of the best comic book magazine racks ever and heavy metal was one of them one of the magazines they get and so i would go there well i was i had to wait for to get off work after school so i'd walk there and i'd read comics and you know all the sci-fi magazines that would lie to you about what the next star wars movie was really going to be because they're full (laughs) of shit which i've mentioned in another episode (laughs) like an early episode uh but I, i remember heavy metal and i'd read it and one of them sticks out to me like really just right there it's never left it's uh it's similar to one of the bits in in the movie Mm -hmm. uh, where a really big huge buff guy has to fight and kill his way through to rescue the princess or queen some you know somebody i don't i don't remember the exact story but this really of course beautiful buxom gorgeous woman you know so he fights his way slaughters everybody and gets there and rescues her and then for clothes, he screamed, the, the hero screams and jumps out of the window down the cliff and to kill himself. And then it pans back, like, you know, and shows the queen uh-huh. huge, beautiful tits and a penis. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, ain't it a bitch or something, something like that. And just, God, that's, you know, I would have been eight to 10 probably when I read that. And, you know, uh-huh. so. And I knew what the whole sexuality part was. And then like, that was the first time I'd ever seen, you know, I, I guess a trans, well, I, I don't know what you call it. It's not a transvestite because it was, you know, female except for the, and it's obviously not earth. It's some sort of di- or dystopian future or whatever it was, but it's just stuck there. Um, could her, hermaphrodite. Uh, yeah, it could have. I mean, it didn't really show, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it just, that, that kind of blew my mind too, because I'm reading them like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're gonna get it on. <laughs> Why is he jumping off? Oh, <laughs> although even to this day, I'm it's an overreaction. You could have just left, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in, um, anyway, yeah. Well, um, I was gonna say, uh, because c- you said alien, I, w- I wasn't thinking of Giger at first, but I was uh, Dan O'Bannon who wrote Alien 
wrote the original draft of the screenplay and, and got you know screen screenwriting credits for it um he is one of the uh he was one of the screenwriters on heavy metal yeah so uh, directed by gerald potterton and I, I i looked and there wasn't anything that i really remember that stuck out to me that potterton had done that um i, I remember that he uh he headed up a animation studio in canada which was where a lot of this work was done on this movie um and and once we start getting into some of the cast you'll you know that that actually makes sense that they did it up there because <laughs> it, you know you start seeing some of these names um but it was produced by ivan wright um who i don't remember if he directed meatballs but i think he at least produced it no he directed meatballs stripes ghostbusters ghostbusters yeah i mean that's that's the big one but stripes and meatballs are great too yeah he uh produced animal house yeah so yeah it's impressive yes and i will mention some of the voice actors who worked on it as we kind of go through the the story a little bit here um now like i said there's a there's a framing story which i won't get into because that gives away a lot of stuff um, it does, and, and it's neat because you can watch each of these segments on their own, and it's fine. But the framing thing does make it cohesive too, which is yeah, yeah. Which is cool. not it's that's not something they do in the, the in the magazines. You know, it's like I said, it's an anthology, so you just get you know story, 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 and nothing that really connects them together. But I it, it, in the movie it works, and, and I think it helps. You know, because they could have done a lot of these stories without that framing story. Yeah, it could have. Mm-hmm. Or changed and even changed the others to make them work. Just yeah. Minimally, but yeah. So, uh, so the, the different segments, it starts off with one called Soft Landing. Now, uh, Elon Musk has actually kind of done a tribute to this or an homage. Um, his... One of the one of the first SpaceX launches that actually went to space and carried cargo had a Corvette with a mannequin dressed up in a spacesuit, and he left it in orbit around Earth. That image comes from Soft Landing, which is the opening sequence to to the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure how much you want to give away, but yeah, it's that's that's uh, that's the most I'm going to give away on that. I mean, <laughs> except it's a real astronaut in the movie, like in the movie, yeah. and not a well, you know, yeah, animated real. Oh, <laughs> 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 whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So then that that kind of goes into the, uh, well, I guess what is really the first part of the framing story, which is called uh, Grimaldi and that's kind of hard to talk about this one without using the framing device isn't it yeah yes it is it is um i I, what i will say is that it does introduce uh the girl who actually has no dialogue in the film um but you you see her as as part of the framing story as as the movie goes along but yeah that one that one's really difficult to talk about (laughs) a little bit i'm you know yeah and the astronaut the girl is they're they're related and so when when the horrible thing happens it's made worse because <laughs> we weren't kidding when we talk about how it's uh yeah it's it's, it's graphic graphic <laughs> it, it is. is 
Yeah, this is, and, and okay, so kind of to back up a little bit, this is one of the things that irritates me about supposed adults here in the U.S. Okay, um, there there is this mentality here in the U.S. that if something is animated, it must be for children, and that's bullshit. It's complete and utter bullshit. Other countries do not seem to have this mentality, uh, especially not in Japan. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's this movie is not for kids. I mean, this is an R-rated movie. You know, there's lots of sex and nudity and blood and violence. And, you know, so yeah, that's it. Just I don't know. It, it, it just it really irritates me. People think, oh, it's animated, it must be for kids. No. No, it's not. You know, it's it, it doesn't have to be. So no. sometimes you can do an animation that is a little more easier to do than than it would be with live action. And yeah, yeah especially back at this time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, there's also Futurama jerks. <laughs> Futurama is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, for kids, the... you have to have a PhD in mathematics or physics to get half the joke. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> that's right <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway um uh, so the next segment is uh harry canyon i snickers, and i know snickers, there's snicker yeah i know there's there's a double entendre in that name it's <laughs> actually the name of the main character um and th this is the one uh according to the wikipedia entry in a dystopian and crime-ridden new york city in 2031 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but this this one's kind of done in a, a film noir style. It's got gangsters and uh, yeah. And instead of the gruff old, old grumpily PI, it's a taxi cab driver. But yeah. it's even narrated like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that old school black and white 1950s noir mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, now I got I've got to say when I first saw. Uh, this movie it was 1986 and I, i'm guessing what happened because i was i was in germany and i guess what had happened and, and i'll kind of explain why i i know that this was recorded off of cable um i my my stepdad had apparently recorded it off of hbo and but then he had gone back and recorded something else earlier on the tape so that you know, I watched the first movie and it ends, but he had recorded over like the first, the first two segments. And it, when I started watching the movie, it was at the, at the beginning of the Harry Canyon segment. So I actually had missed uh, mm -hmm. soft landing in Grimaldi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, they're when, kind of when, important. Yeah, so right. I didn't actually see those segments until this thing came out on home video, and we'll get into why the home video release was delayed. But, but yeah, this was this was this this segment was my introduction to the to the film. I couldn't tell you when I first saw it, but I know I saw the whole thing. Yeah, pretty sure I rented it just at a at a VHS. Let me let me go back to see because this is where the voices. Um, okay, so like I said, a lot of the voice actors came out of Canada. Um, John Candy, uh, probably his best known role that, that I could think of when I was looking through his. And, and and don't get me wrong, I love John Candy, but if you 
didn't grow up in the 80s and you don't watch a lot of these 80s comedies um I, I i don't know how many people who are younger than us actually know who john candy is outside of maybe seeing him in space balls as barf no he passed away a, a fair amount of time ago yeah in the in the, with the mid 90s i think around 95 or something um but i mean uh, uncle buck he had a small part in home alone planes trains and automobiles was probably one of his most successful movies he was in splash with tom hanks I think one of my all-time favorite John Candy movies was um, The Great Outdoors. I, I don't have one. I I like John Candy when I see him, but I never went out of my way to go see something with him in it. I, I mean, there's a lot of them I've missed, um, but he's, you know, we mentioned Stripes. That was one of Ivan Reitman's movies that he directed uh, with Bill Murray and uh, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, yes, John Candy had a, had a small part in Stripes. Or, well, not necessarily small, but he was in Stripes. Blues so, Brothers. Yeah. I won't go into which songs are in that segment, but this one had quite a few songs in it compared to some of the others. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get to the music here in a little bit. <clears throat> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, so the next segment after that is Den. And just D-E-N. Now, Den is actually a character that had appeared in Heavy Metal Magazine. Uh, it was created by a guy named Richard Corbin. And uh, this one actually this one actually does take place on an alien world. And I'm kind of wondering if that story you were talking about wasn't a Den story. But it's very reminiscent, except, I, you know, if so, then Den dies in the story I read. Yeah, that's that's what I was wondering about. So I didn't. Yeah. So, so I don't know, but I do know that Den did appear in Heavy Metal Magazine prior to the, the movie being made. Um, and that was that is actually one of the things that they adapted from the magazine into the movie. It was not necessarily an original creation like some of the others were. Um, I probably I, one of my favorite segments because <laughs> it's so funny. And again, John Candy as, as do, is, is the voice of Den and uh, is great <laughs> yeah you, you would think that maybe din would be better voiced by you know some big strong tough guy instead of a kind of chubby john candy but there's a reason why it fits really well <laughs> yeah <laughs> because, of, because of who din is yeah and uh and and this one actually was um like i said the character was created by richard corbin he actually was uh the writer for this segment so the next one's probably the funniest one um captain stern this is one of my top two favorites yeah it's um this one's a great one I, and again this this is another character and I, i'm not sure if captain stern had appeared in heavy metal magazine but this was a comic character uh created by bernie wrightson who was the the writer on on this this one as well um for the the right around the segment in the movie and i'm not going to give the whole thing away but just the captain stern is on trial and counts of murder 14 counts of theft 22 counts of piracy 37 counts of rape and one moving violation (laughs) (laughs) of course it's that last bit that actually makes it funny (laughs) yeah so so this one's got i mean uh joe flaherty 
who had been with uh, John Candy on SCTV. Uh, yeah, because sort of a Saturday Night Live type of Canadian thing. Yeah, um, Eugene Levy had also been on SCTV. He's um, he's one that actually does uh, Captain Stern's voice. And uh, that you may even our younger listeners may know maybe because of uh, the American Pie. Yes. Movie. Yeah, he was. Um, I can't. He, the, the dad. Yeah. That uh, yeah main guy character. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean he's been on more. He's been on Shit's Creek and all sorts of things. So he's still pretty active. Oh yeah. Let's see, was it was it the guy who did Hanover? Yeah, I love this guy's name, Hanover Fist. <laughs> um, I the the voice actor. I don't remember if it was Roger Bumpus because Roger Bumpus is the one who did Hanover Fist's voice. Um, I think he is the guy who does Squidward on SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm one, Squidward. I, I think that's who it is. One of the actors on Heavy Metal is the one who does Squidward. Yep, it's him. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, and and my favorite one in this whole thing, the prosecutor, <laughs> is is John Vernon, who to me his best known role is Dean Vernon Warmer in Animal House. <laughs> well, I'm going to put him on probation. Well, Dean, they're already on probation. Fine, they're on double secret probation. <laughs> and he, he also reprises that role more or less in a Futurama episode where Bender goes back to <laughs> Robot House. What was the other line? <laughs> Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's got that deep voice and, you know, realizing that that's him as the prosecutor is is hilarious, you know? Um, So, so the next one that um, actually was supposed to be in there, this one, this one actually was cut from the movie. They never finished it. Um, If you, if you get the DVD or um, Blu-ray, it's, it's in the bonus features as, as an animatic and it uh it was called neverwhere land and it's 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 kind of showing the evolution of a planet but there there is actually a reason because of the framing story that you know there there, there was kind of more going on and you know without giving away the framing story i can't really say too much <laughs> Well, it, it connects because the framing device, it, it connects into the next one and does a good job because it, yeah. the next one's a war thing and it it, it, it connects it by calling, like there's a war because of the the evolution of the planet, like Jody said. Yeah. Um, and, and that next segment is just simply called B-17 uh, because it takes place on a World War II B-17 bomber. And this one, this motherfucker, when I was this young... Is- and watched yeah. it is one that I would sometimes not even watch because to me this is the scariest damn it, one. It, it is, yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely is. And this one was the one that Dan O'Bannon wrote. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I th- this next one is another one of my favorites. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, so beautiful and so dangerous. And again, this one is based on a comic that I think 
was published in heavy metal, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the, the original comic was written by Angus McKee, who hey, I sounds Scottish. Yeah. Um, I, who is credited as a writer on this one. So, um, and, and this one, this is, again, this is one of the funnier ones. Um, sci-fi, uh, robots, sex, <laughs> sex drugs, huge breasted women. Yes. <laughs> Plutonium Nyborg. <laughs> so much sex and drugs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the, it's, yeah, it's humorous too. Just humorous. Yeah. As fuck. And, and this one again, John Candy, Joe Flaherty, Eugene Levy, uh, Harold Ramis, uh, <laughs> all doing voices on it. Yeah, Roger Bumpus again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so the last one is um, Tarna. Um, this is this is kind of the set piece of the whole thing. And this is this is where the framing story kind of gets resolved. I would say this is my favorite one out of all of them. Probably, probably would have been mine, except, well, hmm, don't know how much you want to give away. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I, God, I cannot remember. Uh, you, you may be able to find this faster than I can. Okay. So this one is based on a series of stories by a French comic artist. I think he's French. Um, I, I cannot remember his, his real name. He, he went by Mobius. Jean Gerard. Okay, so French. Yeah, I was, that's what I was thinking. He's French. Um, and it, it was a series called um, Arzak. Or Arzak. And it's, it's mostly based off of the visuals from, from Mobius's Arzak stories. Maybe, I, because I've, I've, I've actually tried to find these, like, you know, I looked on Amazon to see if they've been published in, you know, like graphic novel form and they have, but they're out of print. So they're really fucking expensive, like 230 <laughs> some dollars. And I'm like, you know, I think I'll just wait and see if these get republished again. <laughs> yeah, maybe someday. Yeah. They're originally published in uh, Howling Metal, the French metal Heron that we, we heavy metals based off of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now if, if you're familiar, if even if you're not familiar with the movie, if you're at least familiar with the poster art of the 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 woman in, in the barely there metal and leather armor, uh, holding a sword up and on something that kind of looks like a pterodactyl, that's Tarna. That's the character from the, from the final segment, and uh, it's it's fantastic. And Heavy Metal Magazine has actually published uh they, they've started publishing a, a a monthly tarna comic actual you know comic book the the first story arc they've collected and, and released as a graphic novel which i picked up um very much in keeping with the the original story as it is in the movie um although it, it's telling a completely different story it it, it hits all the right things you know, in, including her uh, showing her fully nude, which they have to do. <laughs> of course they do. It's, it just wouldn't that's be right. I, I mean, seriously. I mean, that's one of the main things about the character in the movie. Now, the animation on this, I, I, what I loved about the animation for Tarna, they actually rotoscoped a model uh, doing the movements 
and and then and that's that's what rotoscoping is is they film it and then they animate over the actual film cell of her moving yeah that's we how they talked about that with the lord of the rings the yes actually yeah and nobody that i'm really familiar with it did as far as uh the, the voice cast so i i really don't know a lot oh, about these but- people or bishopric is has one of the coolest names ever I, yeah i i do yeah <laughs> i do like He's, that name. got a wikipedia entry but i've not seen him in the, as far as i know in anything that's listed there uh no i well because i kind of looked through that too and i didn't really see anything now there is an epilogue that actually comes out of the end of tarna and then you kind of you kind of see how the girl um, that it was introduced in the Grimaldi segment ties into the whole thing with the framing story. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and the Wikipedia entry on this kind of says one thing. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I always assumed that, that it was sort of some weird time loop thing, but uh, you know, I, I can't give away much more if you're not, if you don't want spoilers. Right. So, <laughs> If you read the Wikipedia entry for the epilogue, what I took from it is that that's not what it was, that it's more of a time loopy thing, that one thing causes another, which was caused by the thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. We'll just we'll just go with that right now, because mm-hmm. uh, I also actually I'm fairly certain first time I saw this, I wasn't feeling very well. And, you know, when you have a fever, it's kind of right. like I also watched Conan the Barbarian back in the day when I was sick with the flu. And anytime you watch something like this with the fever. Mm-hmm. it's even more bizarre <laughs> yep um oh okay here here it is the the uh, the model who they used for tarna uh was carol despians I, i'm not not sure how to pronounce that d-e-s-b-i-e-n-s is her last name cool yeah all right well i see by the clock on the wall or clock on my computer because bing bong bing bong <laughs> bong yeah that uh <laughs> this episode's ran long enough oh sorry i just calling us i just calling us ding dongs <laughs> well you're not wrong <laughs> speak for yourself beaver <laughs> <sighs> wow i just realized that leave it to beaver was closer to heavy metal being released than we are right now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's kind of messed up. Yeah. A little bit. Anyway. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) Before that tangent, sorry, go ahead with what you're saying. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think, uh, I I think this so far, this episode has gone long enough. We're going to stop it here. We'll come back later. I don't know how much later, but we'll come back later and we will talk about the film soundtrack. Or the, oh, yeah, yeah, the uh, film soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. James has things to say about the film soundtrack. <laughs> yes, he does. I'm some, sure. <laughs> some good and some bad. And some ugly. <laughs> okay, so, right. so we're going to end it there? Yeah, yeah, we're going to end it there. So on that note, a, a note that hasn't bothered me because it's not on the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm James. I'm Jody. <laughs> we'll talk to you all later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. I'm a record. Mmm, that looks good. Uh, there was something else I was going to ask you about. I don't remember what it was. I do, but I'm not going to tell you. Okay. There we go. What? It's an ass. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> Speak for yourself. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I am the Lorax. I speak for the asses. <laughs> Ward, weren't you a little hard on the beaver last night? <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> and by the way, I was right. It started in 57, went to 63. It is closer to heavy metal than we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was kind of an assumption, but I was... That was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's only. I mean, leave it to Beaver went off in '63. That's only 18 years. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Ooh, man, we are twice as far from heavy metal releases. Oh, the no end kidding. Of the <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>